Hello, I'm Amber Athey, The Spectator's Washington editor, and I'm here to encourage you to subscribe to The Spectator's American edition. If you visit spectator.us forward slash subscribe, you can get our print and digital edition for just $7.99 a month. This means you get unlimited access to our amazing website and we'll send you a beautiful 80-page monthly magazine. You'll also have access to our mobile app. Subscribe now at spectator.us forward slash subscribe. You won't regret it. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and now the Joe Biden presidency. We will be looking at how a 78-year-old president will change America and we'll be asking if normalcy which is what he promised to bring, has returned to American politics? The answer, of course, is no. I'm joined today by Kate Andrews, who is The Spectator's economics correspondent. And we're going to be asking if President Biden is really going to squeeze the rich. Now, Kate, yesterday, news of what the Biden administration plans to do to pay for its enormous government spending emerged. And it was that they're going to increase capital gains tax and also increase the highest rate of income tax. So in theory, what this means is people who earn over a million dollars a year are going to be taxed a lot more. Anybody who earns under 400000 a year in keeping with Biden's promise on the campaign will not be paying more, apparently. And this sent the stock markets into a a sharp uh, spiral last night, and cryptocurrencies have have been hemorrhaging. Do you think the Biden administration are sincere in their their efforts to reduce inequality through taxation? Well, if by sincere you mean are they going to try, I think the answer is certainly yes, and we can see it already. Um, As you say in your Blog today, Freddie, Biden's talking about hiking income tax for top earners up to 39.6% and doubling capital gains tax for people earning over a million dollars from roughly 20% to nearly 40%. Those are some substantial tax hikes, so they're clearly committed to doing something. I think what's interesting is he's been talking about all different kinds of tax hikes. He's been talking about corporation tax for infrastructure spending. Now he's talking about income tax. And you can go through the list of taxes that you can raise, but eventually you are going to run out of them. And I think a big question for Joe Biden is just how far can he take this? Just how many taxes can he raise? Number one, to keep it credible and to actually have the income source still coming in, you know, Laffer curve arguments, all of that. But number two, before the American people start going, hang on a second, this is far too far for us. You're taking too much of our money. Now, it's all good and well to say he's raising taxes on the super rich and that's it. But as we often find with tax policy, you say that you're targeting one group, but very often other groups, the middle class, the working class, they often feel this too. I mean, Obamacare, I suppose, is is the perfect example of that. And that ended up being upheld in in the Supreme Court as a tax. Barack Obama was insistent that unless you were very wealthy, you weren't going to be paying more tax. And it turned out that many, many millions of Americans had to do so through Obamacare. So 
I think the details of all of this policy will be interesting. And as you point out in your blog today, Freddie, for this family plan, it's not obvious that all those details are set. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. But, you know, we've got the COVID stimulus spending. We've got the infrastructure spending. We've got the family plan. This is a president who who's ready to spend a lot of money. Um, and he doesn't seem to be holding back, at least not so far. Well, it's interesting that uh, a lot of Democrats, um, including, it seems, Nancy Pelosi, were hoping or expecting there to be healthcare provisions in this family plan. But they seem to have been cut out, and there is going to be a big Biden healthcare plan coming. Do you fear, as a sort of fairly anti-tax person, I think it's fair to say, do you fear that, I mean, everybody's anti-tax, really, but um, I'd say you're <laughs> Deep on a, down, yeah. You're on, <laughs> You're, you take it more seriously than most. Do you fear that, um, you know, Biden care will end up being a tax by any other means? Well, Obamacare is a tax. And so anything that Biden does on top of that is very likely to be a tax because that's the way that it actually can be upheld through law, as we discovered during Obama's tenure. So Yes, I suspect if they want to make substantial health substantial healthcare changes, taxes will rise there too. We have to look at this in the context of a president who is well aware that he may not keep Congress next year in the midterms. He might. The Republican Party is in absolute tatters. It's not obvious that they're going to take back the Senate, but currently the Senate is being held on to um, by the vice president casting the deciding vote. I mean, everything just getting through at the razor thin margin. So Biden is trying to shove four years of spending into two very quick years. And I think that's why you're seeing first, obviously, with the Coronavirus Act, and there was actually a lot of demand from the public for that, um, for uh, his $1.9 trillion stimulus package. But now for infrastructure, now for the family plan, and we're even hearing about health care. This is him trying to spend a lot of money very, very quickly, because he knows that in a year's time, he may face many more hurdles in Congress and dare I say, might actually have to compromise with the Republicans if he wanted to get something through. Well, I think there might be two uh, reasons why the Biden administration is making it clear that they are intending to raise taxes now. One is that it's actually quite popular at the moment, particularly after the pandemic. There's a sort of widespread sense that the very rich have done pretty well out of the pandemic while everyone else has struggled. So it it might have voter popularity. Another thought I had uh, while writing about it this morning is that they are doing these enormous stimuluses. And as we've discussed before, and you've written a fair bit about, these are having warping effects on the economy. And everybody's a bit worried that the economy might be overheating and that we could have some dramatic inflation or perhaps something even more sinister at some point. Do you think this might be an attempt to sort of add deflationary pressures by warning people that there could be taxes to come? No, I don't. Only because I don't think that that line would gel really with all of his spending otherwise. If Biden starts conceding that there are inflationary warnings here, the obvious next step is to talk about the many, many ways in which his stimulus packages are contributing to that. His government seems to think that they can keep this under control. And no doubt, a little bit of inflation wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. If you're going up one or two percent, that's one way that you tackle your nation's debt. Um, It can be healthy in certain scenarios. The question is whether or not you can keep a lid on it. And it can be very, very difficult to do that once the cat's out of the bag. So I'm not convinced that Biden's really trying to signal to the market in that sense. 
I think more than anything else, this is a president who knows that his legacy is going to be determined truly what happens, maybe not in his first 100 days, which is going to be marked next week, but maybe in his first 200 days, and is just trying to shove it all in. There was a time many, many moons ago where Joe Biden would be the candidate who would be talking about fiscal responsibility and not racking up the deficit, not racking up too much debt. But those times are long gone. And I think he very much abandoned that under the Obama administration. So I'm not surprised to see him spending as much as he thinks he can. But it will be it'll be very interesting if there were more signs. I mean, he has major, even left-leaning economists saying to him, there are inflationary warnings here. How many more warnings he might need before he tries to rein it in? We've been hearing a lot from commentators who support him that Biden is much more radical than people realise. He's much more passionate. He's not this sort of centrist compromiser that he's he was made out to be. Mm. Uh, are you surprised at how radical the Biden administration has been in, in these first hundred days? I guess it depends on your perspective. I mean, I was I voted for Joe Biden, but I did so knowing I was always going to be uncomfortable with the fact that he is far more to the left uh, when it comes to ep- economics, especially than I am. So I I always knew I was going to be uncomfortable. I'm not sure I'm the best judge of whether or not your your average voter for Joe Biden thinks he's going a bit too far. What I find interesting is that he you know he's he's really ramping it up when it comes to spending, and he's very much on board with that left wing perspective that you know it's fine. Um, All we need to do is print. All we need to do is spend. And that will seem to take care of a lot of our issues. But if you look at the actual policies that he's using all this money for, I'm not sure they're as left wing as perhaps the far left in America would like. Um, If we look at this family plan, um, he wants to temporarily raise child tax credits. He wants to invest more in early education. He wants to invest more in community college. You can certainly take issues with these things in the particulars, I'm sure, when you break down the public policy. But we're not talking about totally overhauling the systems and structures that are already in place. He wants to expand and and, and really just give um, a baseline to having a bit of uh, a parental leave when you have a child. And uh, that was actually something Donald Trump started. And it's thought that the U.S. has been far behind in that kind of subsidy compared to other developed countries. So I'm not sure the policy itself is as radical as the numbers that are going to be backing it up. Obviously, you know, he, he is left wing and he has a very left wing vice president. He has moved more to the left um, in his many decades in office. But do I think when I look at the family plan, when I look at the infrastructure plan or even the stimulus package, do I think that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren are delighted with it? No, I don't. I think they would go much, much further. But he he is putting the Republicans in quite a difficult position. I mean, you know, opposing childcare and uh, tax credits for families is a difficult argument to make, particularly in a time where where families are struggling so so much. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a difficult argument to make. And and that's often where the details of public policy come in. And, you know, sometimes you have, you can make points that show, well, actually, you might think that pouring money into this does good, but actually look at who's receiving it. It's often a a benefit for the middle class. It's not a benefit for the working class. You know, there there are a lot of arguments along those lines that you can make, but they're hard to do in a 30 second soundbite for national media. I think the bigger difficulty for Republicans is that under Donald Trump, they, um, they see the ground on a lot of these arguments already. Trump was not particularly opposed to hiking the debt. He wanted to do it to achieve other goals, um, his tax cuts, you know, and I think there are a lot of 
good that those tax cuts did in terms of resulting in higher wages for workers and bonuses and the rest, but um, they were very costly. Um, they, they, were not, uh, they were not accounted for uh, on the books. That was, a, that was a lot of money that he spent in order to do so. And so once you kind of give away that ground of fiscal responsibility, it is much more difficult to come in and make those tough arguments. And then as you say, Freddie, with the, with the additional layer of who he wants this money to be going to, it's, it's very hard to make that argument when you're talking about kids and education. Well, the, the the one thing that Trump and and the kind of if you if you like Bush era party really bonded over, I would say, was the, the 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 large tax cut that Trump introduced. That was the sort of moment where Republicanism and Trumpism seemed to come together and and agree on something. And a lot of Republicans thought it was a major achievement. It seems to me, from what you're saying, that uh, Biden is going to carry on a lot of Trump's legacy economically, apart from probably this tax cut, which they will undo. I suppose. I mean, I'm not sure Donald Trump would have ever gone as far on infrastructure spending or childcare spending. But again, you know, with his America First agenda, there was a lot of protectionism in there and a lot of heavy spending on 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 domestic policy that perhaps previous Republicans would have been slightly more uncomfortable with. It's a real shame that we live in such a polarized time because in areas like criminal justice reform and drugs reform, Donald Trump and Joe Biden actually have a lot in common. It's, it's one of the things that stood out to me during the debates is that you had this incredible moment where you had the Republican and Democratic nominee for president debating about who would be more generous on criminal justice reform and who would be more pro-legalization. It was, it was really quite remarkable. Um, they definitely do have areas in common. But I think um, from a signaling perspective, almost more than anything else, and I suppose to try to claim that you're being a bit fiscally responsible, although it doesn't nearly cover it, for Biden, hiking taxes is an area that he is going to definitely deviate from the president's previous agenda. And it will be interesting to see how America responds, because again, even if you target the rich, the middle class, the working class, they often feel these changes. And when it came to the economy back in November, you know, if it only had been about the economy and not about the president's handling of coronavirus and indeed his personality, um, he may well have been back in the Oval Office for a second term. Um, you know, uh, Americans may not be as far to the left as Joe Biden thinks they are, but I guess that's what he's about to gauge. And we'll get some kind of result or um, hearing on that uh, next next year. I suppose one way of looking at it is that he will just return to the Obama economy in terms of taxation. And that doesn't really sit very well with all this talk about fundamentally transforming America and doing things that have never been done before. If we're just going back to the to the pre-Trump era on in, on in, in fiscal matters. I think you're right, Fred. And I think it's the world Biden wants to live in. On the one hand, he would like to talk as a radical and he wants to spout radical ideas. But then on the other, he really doesn't want to push things too far. Now, we know that the Republicans are going to criticize all of the spending. Uh, They're probably going to go back to those fiscally conservative talking points, even if they didn't act on them for the past few years. And they're going to say, this is just too much money. It's not responsible. The big question is what the Democrats do. And I almost think that that's where Biden is on shakier ground. Because he knows what to expect from the Republicans. The question is whether or not his own party starts to say this just isn't good enough. It's not far enough. As you wrote in your cover piece this week, Fred, this very difficult relationship he often has with the far left of his party, nothing he does is ever going to be quite good enough. I think they're the ones who could put him in a more difficult position if they point out, as you just did, look, you're spending a lot of money, but the framework is very similar. It, It is reminiscent of the time that you spent as vice president to Barack Obama. 
you're not overthrowing anything or dismantling the economic system, you're feeding more money into it. And so I think you're more likely to hear those arguments from the left than you are from the right. But how hard will it be for Biden to bat that off? Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure it will be all that difficult. Uh, If we go back to the election last year and the primary process, it was very clear that the Democratic base really did want somebody more moderate. And Biden will know full well that if he just keeps cranking up the taxes, that eventually is going to be felt more and more by the people he's promising he's not going to raise taxes on. So I think he's, you know, relatively safe. But if he were facing any dangers, I think they come from the left of his party, not the right. Kate? Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for listening to that episode of Americano. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, please leave us a star rating, preferably five stars, and a review. 